Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Welcome to Culture Bites. My name's Dominic Gawley. I'm a consultant with Human Synergistics Australia, and I'm joined on the show this week by Ali, a fellow consultant in Melbourne. Hey, Ali, how are you doing? Hey, Dom, I'm good. Thanks for having me back. Of course. We'd love to have you back. I wanted to talk to you this week, Ali, about goals. So setting and achieving goals and sort of, you know, how do you go about that? What gets in the way of us potentially doing that and being successful in goals? So I thought that would be an interesting topic for us to get into today. What do you reckon? Yeah, it's a biggie. It's a biggie, Dom. It is a biggie. It's an important one too. Yeah, it sure is. Fundamental under achievement is this idea of self-set goals and and pursuing them with enthusiasm, as well as probably bleeds into uh, self-actualizing as well. Ellie, what do you reckon? Yeah, exactly my thoughts, Dom. I don't think we can talk about goals without talking about our achievement style. And we can't really talk about the achievement style without leaning into self-actualizing and the idea of growth and personal growth. Because, of course, what are we setting our goals around? We need to have some direction and and purpose for those goals and something that we're growing towards. So, yeah, absolutely. When I work with, with people and meet with people and we chat about goals, it's usually stems from conversation that starts in the self-actualizing style, I notice, sure, if you've your, your experience is. I think that's true and or it's, yeah, well, it's a lack of the self-actualizing style perhaps or a lack of achievement and often in the green space a little, in that passive space. I'm mm. kind of not sure I can't get momentum on things. Yeah, I think that momentum is a good point and we can talk about that. I think there's a couple of ways I find the conversation arises, particularly when someone has an LSI one, so their thoughts about themselves, mm. and they're looking at their circumplex and they're saying, there's really not much colour in self-actualising at all. It's pretty low. And people can feel quite challenged by that. Mm-hmm. And then you say, so what's going on for you? And they sort of, you get a sense that they don't really feel like they have much opportunity to really be themselves and to grow, then they're kind of feeling a bit stuck. Now, whether or not they also have that kind of extension in the avoidant style as well, which can sometimes indicate a feeling of stuckness Mm. and kind of an inertia, Mm. that sometimes can be a little bit extended if there's not much colour in the self-actualising. But either way, the conversation sort of arises and it, it tends to be one of two things. It's either, you know, I know I know where I want to go. I know the type of role or the type of dream that I have. I know kind of I've got my vision and I've had it for a while, mm. but I've been in this role for eight years and, you know, I don't know how to get there. Right. I don't know where I want to go. I know that I'm, I'm feeling stuck. I know that mm. I'm not feeling great. I'm not saying I'm miserable, but I just feel like, you know, there's more. Sometimes in that conversation, there's a bit of anxiety around, oh, my God, is this, you know, I'm 40 or whatever. This is my life. This is my job. I thought I'd feel differently. You know, maybe starting to worry about the next 10 years 
and you know I'm supposed to have a pressure to have achieved x y or z and I don't really know what it is supposed to be so you know the conversation around goals of what I'm supposed to be achieving or that yeah I'm not feeling fabulous but I don't even know where I should be headed so maybe let's take on both of those Ali so I think Let's start with, I don't even know where I'm going because that's kind of fundamental, right? So if you're with someone, say in a debrief, and they say, you know, it just doesn't feel right. You know, I want to do something different, but I'm not sure what. And by the way, this might be at work or it might be outside, you know, it might be in life. So I'm not sure what I want to do. So I'm not sure what the goal is. Where do you go with that? You know, if, the, if that's kind of where someone's at, you know, I'm just kind of, I'm a bit stuck and I don't know what to do next or I don't know where I want to go. Yeah, it's really common too. It's not uncommon. And sometimes people haven't really taken the time to reflect on it much. They just know the feeling. So it's, it's good to have the opportunity to, to talk through it with someone. You know, I usually start with the well, what things do you enjoy? You know, what parts of your day do you enjoy and why? So, you know, getting to where the energy is. So where is the energy that is good? So what parts of the day, what things that do they do when they spend time with people? So you're thinking about the circumplex and you're thinking about the people side, you're thinking about the task side. What are the things that they do that they enjoy? Zin, after they've done the thing or they've they've had the meeting or they've completed the task, they've finished that or, or they've done spent a period of time in that space, they've had their attention in that space. Afterwards, I ask them, you know, is that a period where you feel generally energized? Do you feel pretty good after you've come out of that space when you've spent your time and attention in that space? Mm. Or do you feel kind of depleted? Mm. So I I get them to sort of start to notice, think about your week. Sometimes people just haven't really spent much time noticing what's going on for them. So they kind of keep a little bit of an audit, you know, kind of track. Okay, how am I feeling? How was today? What things did I do? Which things did I feel really energized about afterwards or during and which things really depleted me? And so people start to keep track of those. And then you say, you know, I ask them, what things are you curious about? What things are other people doing that you're interested in? What things do other people do that you're jealous of maybe? Because that gives you a little bit of a signal in your stomach about you're interested, you're curious. There's some little signal about where your growth lies that's specific to you. It's not relevant to anybody else, mm. but it gives you a bit of a, a why you're interested in that. So you go, you know, you ask people to be open and curious and to, to start with a little bit of a, an audit of themselves. And what they tend to notice is that the things that they get energized by and that they prefer to spend their time doing and whether or not, you know, Ideally, it would be great if some of that is at work in the things that they're doing in their roles or outside of work. That can give people some signals as well. But they're probably utilizing their unique strengths. And when I say strengths, I mean they're both their character strengths as well as their, their core capabilities. So these are things that come easily to them. They're uniquely their own. They do them frequently. And they get, they feel good afterwards and they'll be completely different for each, each person. They're kind of drawn back to these same types of things over and over. So taking time to have a, a sense of what energizes people will start to point people in that direction. 
And then you just, I just say to them, just do one thing in that direction. You don't have to create the goal. You don't have to create the big long-term, now I've got the answer, I've got it all worked out, goal. Just move in that direction. When you start to feel like there's an area that you're interested in, follow that interest. Just do the next thing. That came to mind, actually, Ali, while you're just going through some of those points. The last one you talked about was, what are you curious about? And I just wrote down on my little notepad here, how could you test it? You know, like what's a little experiment? Because I think sometimes the pressure people put on ourselves with the big goal, what do I want to do? You know, that can be a big and intimidating question, perhaps, right? Like I joke about, you know, we ask kids in university and school and stuff like that, and maybe even yourself now, you know, at 40 or whatever. It's like, (laughs) I don't mean yourself, I mean your example of self. You know, we ask ourselves, what's my dream job? Wow, that's a really tough question to answer, potentially, because I don't know. I haven't done it, so how how would I know? And so I liked that. You know, what are you curious about? Is there a way we could test it? Can we dip our toe in the water and find out, you know, like I think that's something I'm interested in. If I try it out, is it actually, you know, well, maybe it's different than what I expect or maybe it's confirmed. Yeah, I really enjoy this. Awesome. You know, then we can go to the next level. But it's this feeling of all or nothing, like I've got to be all in or all out. I don't think you have to be. Like, I think you can test and be curious and try it and and find out, you know. It doesn't have to be like, well, today I'm committing to it and come hell or high water in 10 years, you know, whether I enjoy it or not or I learn things or not. No, we can like, okay, let's test it. Let's get down the rope. If the signs are still there, cool, let's go a bit further. But take some of the pressure off, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely, Don, because I think when we're trying to find the answer to that, you know, life's biggest question, the meaning of life question, we can really get stuck in that perfectionistic trap and we can get stuck in our heads going around and around and around and trying to work out how it's all going to work. So if we Uh think it might be the thing for us, A, okay, maybe this is the thing I might want to do, may I'm drawn towards it. But then the the next part sets in, okay, I'm going around and around and around in my head and trying to work it all out perfectly. So we get stuck in that perfectionism style, perfectionistic style, where we have quite rigid thinking and there's not so much flexibility there. So you mentioned, Dom, you know, try it out and we might change it along the way. You know, we mightn't end up at the destination. Mm. And Yeah, totally. And I liked your other point at the start. You talked about, you know, hit pause or take the time out. And I think we so rarely do that because we just get caught up in the inertia of life. And I get it. I do it too. We all do it. But, you know, we have busy lives. We get caught up in that inertia at work and at home. And sometimes I think that's why it comes up for us is when we debrief people in the LSI. That's often the only time or one of the few times that they actually have hit the pause button just to consider well, what's going on for me. you know. And, and it's an awesome opportunity to just have that reflection, have that thought, what is going on for me? So you don't have to have an LSI to do that though, obviously. You can hit that pause button for yourself, but you've got to kind of consciously do it. Yeah, absolutely. We have to sometimes when, and it's interesting the way you said it, Dom, that you know we have the, we're so busy in the inertia and yet you know, inertia is slow, right? 
what we're doing is being very busy and sometimes that's avoiding the direction, avoiding the taking the path that we need to take and we just get so busy and busier and busier and we're trying to control this thing called life by being busy when actually we have to stop and really, really slow down to make sure that we're really being, we're moving, you know, we're being pushed towards our dreams rather than or being pulled, I suppose, towards our dreams rather than just kind of pushed away from our fears Mm, sort of analogy. Yeah. So we're really more intentionally thinking, okay, how do I feel? Has this, is this right for me? Rather than just keeping doing, keeping doing, keeping doing and speeding up. Yeah. And sometimes I'll challenge people if I'm coaching them, particularly if they're in that green space and it's, yeah, I, I just don't know, you know, like, Dependent can be a little in the passenger seat kind of stuff. And it's a, a simple question, but a tough question to answer. And I won't expect an answer at the time, but it's what matters to you and what do you want? But I think it's actually articulating that. So it's not just a general feeling, but actually like, can I articulate that? And that's really hard to do. And, and I admit that, but I'll give that to people just to go away and ponder on what actually matters to you. What do you want? Because if you can put that into words, suddenly it becomes really clear. Whereas it's just like, because often it's just like, oh, it just doesn't feel right, but I don't know where I want to go. What do you want? Yeah, and I think that stating it, Dom, is a really important point. Saying it, stating it as much as you can. You don't have to state the answer. You know, you can describe the feeling at least. You can describe what it is you would like and writing it down, stating it to yourself. And then the second part of that is actually saying it to somebody else because it's sometimes when people feel that they want something else, sometimes they're kind of, they've got something, there's something there, but they're just not prepared to back themselves Mm. and they're not prepared to share it with others because as soon as it's out there, Mm. you know, there's that judgment and that how could you, but how could you possibly want to do that because you're an ex and, you know, the opposite of ex. Mm. You know, so people can, I feel, keep a lot of their uniqueness inside and kind of hidden, as you say, stating it forces, I suppose, but encourages people to really clarify for themselves and then sharing it, starting to give themselves permission to say, hey, this is what I want and this is what I'm going to try and, and move towards. And it's just out there then. It's just becomes a real, it's something real and it's not just something in their head. And what you want is okay. Like I think sometimes if we're in that passive space, it's because it's all about everyone else and their needs, right? Hey, your needs are important too. What do you want? Not just what do they want. So let's get clear on that. All right, let's say, Ellie, that someone's now got a bit of an idea, like this is where I want to go. What are the steps to actually executing that? Because I think sometimes we can get caught where I've got this big vision or this big goal, Mm. but like I stall at action because. I don't know, it's intimidating or I don't know where to go or something like that. So what would be your tips as far as how do we take action? How do we move forward? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm sure you know, Dom, obviously it's it's to break it down. So you, you take that vision that you have, that, that big goal, and you just start. I mean, the two things I would say, Dom, are just start, A, and B, start with the smallest, simple thing. You just place one pebble on the path. But literally, you say, what is the one thing I can do today? So 
it's ideal if you can break it into some big chunks and then break it into some smaller pieces and smaller pieces. That's fantastic. Life's not generally as easy as that. Projects are. (laughs) You can have a project plan. Life's not a project plan. So if you can, though, say, okay, if this is my direction, this is the goal, what would be the next thing I could do? And you need to time box it in the next week that is related to that. So it's really important to have a deadline around it. It might be some exploration around an area that you sort of feel quite curious about. It might be sending an email to someone and asking to catch up with them to find out and explore a different role or a different area or something else that you're interested in. Or it might be going online and having a look at a particular course or something to do with growth towards your goal. So it needs to be a small, simple step. Write it down, have a deadline for yourself and not not a deadline in six months. It has to be really small and it has to be a short deadline. And then from that one, you'll get to your next one. I like that idea of, yeah, what's the immediate next step? Because we get caught up thinking 10 steps down the road of like, oh, this and then that and then that happens. Oh my God, it's so complicated. Like, where do I even start? Because sometimes it can feel like, well, I can't do this until I do that, but I can't do that until I do this. And do you know what I mean? What's the immediate next step? And I like that addition of put a time on it in the next week. You know, so it's short. It's, uh, well, you know, it's a reasonable horizon. It's not, yeah, over the next year. You know, we can have a year goal, but then what does it mean for me this week, this month? Uh, Or, you know, what are the shorter steps in it? And because likely when you're working with something like this, you already have a full life. You already have your whole whole job and your whole personal life. You're already, you're already full. So it's a challenge to say, well, how am I going to do this additional thing? It feels like an additional thing. Oh, I've got to do this growth change thing. I know that I, I want to move forward, but I also... How am I going to get the capacity to do this? I'm already overwhelmed. We just talked about how busy we are. So to not think of it as such a big task, as you say, but just one small thing, one thing this week, that's it. And yeah, it's going to take time. But sometimes people get so caught up in the cycle of, well, I really want to do it and I'm running out of time because now I'm hopping on the now I'm 40, but you know, I'm halfway through my career and I'm still here and I thought I'd be there, but I, now I'm not even sure I want to be here. I'm not really sure where I am and I'm, I've got only X good years left and, you know, there's an urgency, you know, that's really created out of a fear and an anxiety and people feel that, you know, they need the big goal then, they need the big thing. But what really can help calm that fear and anxiety is just doing one thing, small thing, that's it. And I think that goes back to that curiosity thing, you know, because again, it feels like, you know, so say maybe, you know, I'm contemplating a career change, but oh my God, I've got bills to pay. I've got a family to support. I've got all this stuff. And so it's this huge decision of I'm going to quit my job and, and go do something completely different, you know, or, or whatever it might be, right? Whatever the goal might be. That's huge. Wow. What a hard thing to do. So again, we don't have to go boots and all necessarily, right? How can you take steps in that direction, see if it's for you, for starters, because sometimes it's hard to know. 
something might look cool, but you know, as you get closer to it, maybe it's not quite what you thought. So how can we take steps in that direction? Keep doing what we're doing, but we're moving towards it. We're, we're getting closer until, you know, we've gotten closer and closer and closer. We've checked it out. We've seen it. Yeah, actually, I think this is for me. You know, and then we can make the step into it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the idea is doing the steps is enjoyable because it's the thing that we're feeling energized by. So it's the process of growth. So whatever the next step is, part of the self-actualized behavior or the part of being. So the goal actually, funny, the goal isn't actually to get to the end point again, really. The goal is to move through this process of growth. It's probably a little bit existential there, Dom, but it is really. <laughs> what, what if, just, just on that, because just thinking of you know, enjoying it and, and stuff, sometimes in your plan, there's parts you don't really want to do, but you got to do. Yeah, like some parts, it's like, hey, I've got to get this credential, perhaps, and and I don't, I'm not thrilled with doing that, but it's kind of a important part of that's going to enable me to do this other thing here. And I just ask that because, like, I wonder if what holds people back is that they're waiting for this bolt of motivation and inspiration, right? And and oh yes, I'm waiting for when I've got the energy. I'm just going to kick off the covers in the morning, and it's easy, but. You know, I just wonder that motivation is sort of a fleeting feeling. Like probably initially we're like super motivated, sign up for the course. But when you're like in the middle of the course, it's like, oh my God, this is a slog. So how do you, I guess, how do you deal with that? Are you just waiting for those moments of high motivation or or what else? What else do you do? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think the research on motivation suggests that you, you absolutely don't wait for it. You have to start doing it. It's the first, I forget the percentages, but the very, it's like the first very, if you think of it in terms of time, so you had half an hour, the hardest part is in that sort of first, say, five minutes. And then there's a peak and then off you go. You're right, your motivation. So it's that there's a the first little part. You think, I always think about when I was a kid and I never wanted to practice piano. Oh, God, I used to have to go into that room and sit there and, that, you know, the <laughs> drama, all that going into that room to practice piano. After a couple of minutes, and I can really remember very distinctly, once I sat down and I was into it, it was fine, you know, and I'm sure everyone's got examples of that. So that, if you translate that into motivation, well, yeah, there's going to be things, part of this, the journey, it's not not all going to be, you know, the fun stuff, but in terms of thinking long-term and thinking, well, does this feel right? Well, I'm going to try it. And sometimes balancing off, well, why am I not feeling so motivated for this? It could really be a bit of fear kicking in there. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I won't be able to do it. Maybe people will think I'm not capable of it. Maybe they'll think I'm stupid. You know, some of the fear stuff could just be holding it back, not really feeling that you can achieve it, not really backing yourself underneath, just underlying there, a little bit of a sense of maybe it's not really me. Maybe I'm not really able to achieve this which is an interesting one because sometimes it can feel like that like this is a big goal you know i want to be you know a senior executive of you know something something whatever and like that could be a massive goal i like to ask people what is the realistic path if we're going to put this goal out there what is the realistic path for actually achieving that what are the things we need to get in place and do and the experience and the contacts and whatever to actually achieving that. Because I think sometimes it can feel like an 
and we've got these goals. It's like step one, two, three, then a miracle happens. And, and now I'm, uh, you know, like there's a huge unknown. And look, you can't control everything. You can't plan everything. But it's how do you set yourself up for success? And I, I think of an interview I heard with a, a guy called Jose Hernandez, who was the first Mexican astronaut, went to space. And what was just, and he grew up, you know, picking fruit in the fields with his family kind of stuff. So that is a huge goal to become an astronaut from, you know, humble beginnings. Wow, obviously, yeah. Yeah, obviously a smart guy. But it was fascinating because he just, he broke it down. He realized like people who became astronauts had scuba diving licenses. So he went and got a scuba diving licenses. He realized they could fly planes. So he went and got a plane license, you know, or whatever it is, pilot's license. Hey, we're staying to collaborate with the Russians in space. So he's going to go learn Russian. You know, and so he's just like, what are the realistic things that will make me a candidate? And by the way, he applied 14 times before he actually got accepted. So <laughs> he stuck to it. But it was just interesting because it was like, well, what are all the things that I can do to put in place that would make me a suitable candidate to be an astronaut? And that's one of the, I mean, probably, you know, the most applicants for the fewest slots of any job in the world, I, I guess, or I imagine. But it was just fascinating to hear him break it down of like, well, you know, I realized that all the people who became astronauts had these things. And so, okay, I'm going to go about and just start getting those things over time. And he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he had a very clear and defined goal and a very strong purpose. You know what, though? Because he even talked about, he was, because he applied 14 times. And so, like, there was a, a whole lot of factors that played into it. And he might have never become an astronaut. But even if he missed on becoming an astronaut, he was still working on the space program. He was a scientist. Do you know what I mean? And so, like, even if he missed missed out on the goal, he was still doing the thing he loved and was passionate about. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't exactly what he was aiming for, but it was pretty close. What do they say? And uh, no pun intended, but, you know, shoot for the moon. And if you miss it, you end up in the stars. You know, literally in his case, perhaps. Yeah, but that's the thing, Dom. And I think that's the... I guess the the point I was I was trying to make is it's the the path it's the the what you're doing along the way is actually the self actualizing it's the path it's the life along the way and you know even people who've achieved incredible things and had incredibly just amazing stories and and life histories and the goals I suppose that they've achieved it's not actually the thing in the end that, that they did, it's the path that they, they took that has given them the most most joy and satisfaction. So while, of course, we all have the goals to move because we need direction, we need the direction to move forward, we need, when we're growing, we need a place to grow to, towards. But I think what you picked up there was, you know, that the flexibility and also that resilience there for him, you know, the, the failure was a data point, it sounds like. Failure was, okay, what happened here? What else do I need to do? What do I need to do differently? I'll do it again. I'll just keep adjusting. So it doesn't sound like he was, you know, had a, a rigid perspective. He was quite flexible in his thinking around it and he was open to all of the things that were kind of bouncing off and around that path to his goal and all the opportunities that came to him along the way. It's a good point, actually. Yeah, like you're going to get setbacks. Things aren't going to work, aren't going to happen, and so adjust the plan. You know, he got rejected and then realized everyone has a scuba diving license. Okay, I'm going to go out and get scuba certified, you know, a dive master or whatever. So it's, hey, barriers are going to come, and it's not to, oh, oh my gosh, it's out the window now. It's like, cool, adjust the plan. Yeah, and I think with the barriers or the obstacles, it's when you're doing them in your head, 
this is before you start. We're so like, I'm really good at it. I'm in there in my head in those obstacles. It's much harder to move away from them when you're in your head. It's much easier to actually get out and do the thing, do the action. And if, if the, you know, the failure happens or the mistake happens, the obstacle arises, well, then at least you're actively able to deal with it and you can move on. The problem is, you know, the being stuck and staying stuck and just trying to work it all out and maneuver around all the possible obstacles and all the, you know, so trying to find the path and it just can keep you stuck in the same cycle of really wanting to move and wanting to grow but being too afraid to kind of step out into it. And again, as you say, that, you know, because that goal is just so overwhelming and just too big. So it's just, well, it's impossible to move. And I think one of the other things is important is just to also on the flip side, you know, know what your your limits are or like know where your boundaries are for yourself. So you're not overextending yourself as well. So that what you're committing to yourself to do is actually reasonable for yourself to do and realistic. And that's why I think it's that what's the realistic path? Like you're telling me this as you go, what is the realistic path to getting there? Because if you can't explain realistically how you're going to do it, then perhaps it's, you know, it's not realistic. You know, I couldn't say I'm going to be, I don't know, I can't think of an example, but you know, some audacious goal that's not, not realistic. You know, I'm going to be the champion heavyweight boxer. Probably not going to happen. If you saw a picture of me, you know why. You know, but it's probably not going to happen. So it's not realistic, you know, and so I, I couldn't tell you a path to getting there. Awesome. Ali, the, what I'm taking away is, you know, first being clear on what do we want? You know, we might be stuck and just not knowing the way forward. It doesn't feel right, but what do we want? And that's hit the pause button. Take some time. Think about it. We often don't. Where's your energy? What energizes you? If you reflect on your day, your week, your month, and where is that? And <laughs> this is not just work, but also home. What are you curious about? Right? And test it. It doesn't have to be all in. How do we test it, iterate, learn some stuff, see if it's still the right way? And if it is, cool, we'll keep moving. If it's not, we can change to something else. And then once we have that, how do we take action? And I liked that. You know, what's the immediate next step? What am I going to do and put a box on it? You know, in the next week, what can I do? Small step. Being aware that we're on the path. You know, probably the longer term your goal is, the kind of slightly fuzzier it is. And that's okay, right? It's about forward momentum because, hey, we might get down the path, realize that's not quite for us. But you know what? This tangential thing naturally is. And, and I've learned that now and awesome. Away I go. But we've got to be moving somewhere in order to have some of those insights. So get going keep up that momentum don't just wait for motivation to strike you got to sit down at the piano and start tapping away and and uh, motivation follows so get out there and do it do it awesome thanks so much ali for your insights on that i hope it was useful for people out there it's kind of got me a bit fired up ali i gotta go uh, hit the pause button myself i think and and have a bit of a review what's next at you know in all honesty because i feel like I had a bunch of goals and then I've kind of achieved those and I'm in a comfortable place, young family and all that stuff. But maybe what's the next horizon? I'm not quite sure. So uh, there you go. I'm going to have a listen back to this podcast, hit the pause button for myself and have a bit of a think. Fantastic. Thanks, Dom. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, 
Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyrighted by Human Synergistics Australia, all rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au.